Looking to refresh your closet, home, or beauty routine this spring? Walmart's got all the stylish goods in one stop. From chic new looks and the latest makeup to quality furniture and tableware. Go to walmart.com slash now trending. That's walmart.com slash now trending for the hottest fashion, home, and beauty finds. Your style at Walmart. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to the psychology of depression and anxiety. Low production values, high quality content. That's the goal here. Just so you know, I am currently sharing the recording studio with my daughter. She's working very hard on a project of her own, and I was not able to fully claim the space at the moment. So if you hear any unusual sounds in the background, it's probably her. Our topic today is depression spirals and how to get out of them using the concept of opportunity cost and investment. Those are financial terms. So if you know them already and you're thinking, how on earth could that possibly apply? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get into the practical element of today's episode, I want to define depression spirals. Now, I'm guessing if you deal with any kind of chronic episodic mood disorder, you probably already know exactly what I'm talking about. But on the off chance that this is something that you're not familiar with, or, or maybe even that you haven't experienced, I do want to spend a little time setting up what it is we're trying to work through here before we talk about the actual strategies for doing so. So depression spirals happen when you essentially get negative or downward momentum. So if you think about like when when a depressive episode hits you out of nowhere, which it, this can vary from person to person, I know, but I feel like most of the people that I work with, as, as well as my own experience with depression, it's usually random. Like every now and then there's something that happens that triggers a depressive episode. And you sometimes you can see like, well, I know, you know, I know why that happened. But a lot of times it's just nothing. And and again, I don't know if this is just me or not, but I feel like a lot of times it seems like it it happens while I'm asleep. Like I'll go to bed reasonably okay, you know, normal-ish mood, good enough, right? And just the moment that I wake up, sometimes I can just feel that like the energy and the motivation and the drive and the positivity. It's like, it's like someone just opened it. Like, like I, like there was a bathtub full of that stuff. And, and at night someone just opened the drain and I wake up and it's just gone. So when you wake up on a day like that, when you just enter a day in a depressive episode, depends a little bit on what symptoms you experience, but typically the first day of a depressive episode is not usually a day when a lot happens or when you do a lot. So let's say, for example, that you wake up and suddenly you're you're really tired. So like you have a, you have a lot of trouble getting out of bed on this particular day. You don't have much of an appetite. You don't you don't really want to eat breakfast. Maybe you normally do. Um, you just you just don't feel you don't feel like going to work, going to school, seeing your friends, taking care of your home. You know whatever your day normally looks like. You don't have a lot of drive to do those things. You get kind of that hollow, empty, 
unmotivated feeling. And so because you aren't experiencing these feelings of like reward or anticipation of reward or, or joy or achievement, your, your daily functioning is, is really minimal. So this, this first day of this depressive episode, you just don't do a whole lot because you're tired, you can't concentrate, your brain's just not working right. And everything feels 10 times harder than it normally does. So you just say, you know what, today, today's just kind of a loss, right? I'm not, I'm just going to take the L today. And, and that's just the kind of day it's going to be. And you accept that. And then the problem where the spiral starts is you wake up the next day, already with that momentum built up, right? You wake up the next day, Looking back on the day before, the day when you maybe had obligations or responsibilities or opportunities or 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 chances for fun or social connection, and you didn't you weren't able to take them, right? So you wake up looking back on the previous day. You probably went to bed that night thinking about that day and how badly that day went. You wake up with that still on your mind, and you wake up and you think, I am a loser. My life is going nowhere. I'm wasting my time here, you know, something along those lines, right? You wake up already in a bad mood, partially because you're still in a depressive episode because they last more than a day, but also partially because of the events of the day prior. And so the second day of the episode actually often feels worse than the first because not only are you still depressed, but now you have nothing to look back on to feel good about. And so that's where the spiral starts because every day you wake up, you have, you know, X amount of days that led up to that day of being depressed and functioning like a depressed person. And so if you are kind of looking in your recent backlog of your mind, there is not a lot of evidence in there that helps you challenge the feeling of depression. There's not a lot of things that have happened in your life recently that are going to essentially counterbalance those feelings of like shame and worthlessness and those distorted thoughts that tend to come with depression that chip away at us and, and hack down our self-esteem and tell us we're nothing and we're worthless. You know, sometimes you can look back just a day or two and be like, well, I just did all this stuff. And I, you know, I was just out with my friends and you, you, you have evidence. You have evidence you can put up against those thoughts. And that evidence says, look, I know you're feeling this way right now, but that's really not an accurate reflection of who you are. But the more days that go by when you've been functioning as a depressed person, the harder it is to find that evidence. Even if it was only a week ago, when you're, you know, if you've experienced this, when you're in a depressive episode, a week feels like a year ago. Because when your emotional state shifts that dramatically, when you go from like, I am all right, to I am moderately or severely depressed, it is such a dramatic turn of events that you don't accurately remember the last time you weren't depressed. Even if it was just a few days ago, you look back on that period of your life and it's like, who was I? How did I do that stuff? How did I feel that way? Like, was I... Was I delusional? Was I manic? Was something wrong with me that I could ever feel like I felt and function like I functioned during that time? Because it's so far off from your current emotional state that it feels unreal. There is a little bit of a silver lining to that, which is that it goes both ways. When you haven't been depressed for a while, the depression almost feels like a nightmare. It's like, was, was I ever really that person? Did I really feel that way? Did I really have days like that? So it goes both ways. But when you're in the depressive episode, that does you no favors whatsoever. And so these days just keep stacking. They just keep building, 
one off another off another. And it feels like every day that goes by, it is that much harder to get out of the depressive episode because it starts to just feel like your identity. You know, like the first day, the first couple of days, it's like, oh, what is this? Like, what is happening to me right now? Why do I feel this way? What's going on? But after some amount of time has passed, it just feels like you. You just accept it. You integrate it into your identity. And you're just like, yeah, this is just me. This, this is how I live. This is my life now. And so it gets, the, the longer it goes on, the harder it is to get out of. So here's where we're going to talk about the practical applications of the concepts that I mentioned earlier, opportunity cost and investments. And I'm not talking about money, although these terms do come from the financial world, and I'm going to use them metaphorically and we'll explain them from a financial standpoint. This is not a, this is not a get rich podcast, obviously. So opportunity cost refers to the amount of potential earnings or benefit that you didn't achieve because you were in a lower opportunity vehicle, essentially. So like, let's say that you have $1,000, okay? You have $1,000 cash and you just shove that money under your mattress for a year, okay? So a year from now, you will have $1,000. You will have the same amount that you started with. And that might seem good, right? Like I didn't blow it, you know, I didn't lose it. So I had this money and I still have this money. So it can kind of feel like a success. Or maybe you stick that $1,000 in the bank and you earn your, your 1% interest or whatever. So at the end of a year, you have $1,010. And then it's like, well, I made money. You know, I'm actually, I actually have more money now than I did when I started. So that was a success. That was an accomplishment. Um, now, I know like with inflation and whatnot, you actually lose money. But again, it's just a metaphor, okay? We're not actually talking about finances here. The reason that's generally considered to not be a successful use of your money is because you could have done something better with it. So if you took that same $1,000 and rather than sticking it under your mattress or putting it in the bank, if you put it into a mutual fund, on average, mutual funds return about 7% a year. And so if you had done that, you would, you know, assuming it was a statistically average year, you would end the year with $1,070. So starting with $1,000 and ending with $1,000 is actually kind of like losing $70 because you had the opportunity to do more with those resources than what you ended up doing. I hope that makes sense. Now, again, the resource that we're actually talking about today isn't money. Depression can cost you money to be certain, but the, the, excuse me, the resource that depression drains from us the most is actually our time. Depression is incredibly time consuming because we have so, when we get that anhedonia, when we get all those symptoms, you know, the, the low motivation, the fatigue, problems with sleep, problems with appetite, feelings of worthlessness, we just, we just don't end up doing much. It's our time that gets siphoned away from us. And a lot of the time when we're in a depressive episode, we do things just to get by. And we usually consider it to be a success if we stick to harmless things. And, and that's not wrong. I need to like, I need to make this really, really clear because sometimes when we're dealing with a lot of depression, we have urges or impulses to do things that will hurt us right? And there's a lot of different examples of what that could be. I'm not going to go into it because I think you guys know what I'm talking about. But 
when we're dealing with this kind of vacuum of emotions inside of us, sometimes we will do anything to try to feel something. And sometimes we get so frustrated with not being able to feel that our lives are in danger. So when you're in the midst of a depressive episode, keeping yourself safe and managing to avoid making things worse is a win. So don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. But what often ends up happening is we spend a lot of our time on activities that do not do anything other than they get us through the day. And that's really their only purpose. So think about activities like spending a lot of time scrolling on your phone, you know, watching YouTube, watching social media, watching TV, playing video games. These aren't harmful activities. These are not bad for you. And, and I would not ever suggest otherwise. What they are, though, is they don't add a lot of long-term value to your life. And so there is an opportunity cost associated with these behaviors because while they do help you survive, there are certainly much worse things you could be doing. They do help you get through the day. They don't provide much beyond that moment. They're kind of the mental health equivalent of sticking your money under that mattress. They're, they're sort of a break-even type activity. And the problem is, this is really unfair and I know, okay, but the problem is when you are depressed, you can't afford to break even. When you're depressed and you break even, you lose because that adds one more day to the spiral because that adds one more day where nothing happened to sort of pull you out of the thoughts and the feelings that keep you in that depressed mindset. And so there is a tremendous opportunity cost associated with a lot of these actions. They don't change our thought patterns. They don't change our brain physiology. They don't change our emotional state. And they actually end up keeping us stuck. It's easy to think that they're good because they make us feel Sometimes they don't make us feel anything. Depends on how depressed we are. Depends on what's going on. Sometimes they give us, you know, a little bit of relief, a little bit of distraction. We do need those things sometimes. But when you start stacking days and days and days on top of each other with just distractions and just get through the day type activities, you spiral. You can't afford to not be making progress when you feel that way because you need some kind of catalyst to invert your mental state. I hope that makes sense. So that's where we get into investments. Investing in yourself when you're depressed means doing things that in the moment are less pleasurable, less enjoyable, less exciting, more effort, but they will have a payoff beyond just the current moment that you're in. And so if you're in one of those spirals, right? Every day is getting just a little bit worse because every day that you look back, you see more failure and you see more missed opportunity and you see more evidence that you are this, this worthless going nowhere kind of person. You have to interrupt that somewhere. And there's only one way you can do that. It's by acting in a way that challenges the narrative that the depression has put inside your mind. I'm going to mix metaphors for just a second here. 
because I think this one's actually a little bit more powerful, but I just thought of it. So I have to kind of <laughs> just roll with it. I live in Iowa, right? So winters here are very, very cold. And for a while I had, actually, this was when I lived in Minnesota. We lived in a townhouse and we had a one car garage. I let my wife park in the garage because I would leave earlier. So it made more sense for me to park in the driveway. Going outside in the morning and starting that car one, there were days when the wind chill there was like, there was one day I remember it's like negative 50 wind chill. No joke. I mean, it was, they told you like, don't be outside for more than two minutes or you could die or something crazy like that. So in the winter, I would, I didn't have remote start or anything fancy like that. You know, we didn't have much money at that point. So every morning when go outside in the freezing cold, a lot of times there'd be snow up to my knees or whatever. And I would go and start my truck, turn it on, lock it. I had two sets of keys, go back inside. And that period of time when I was outside in the cold or in my cold truck, even though it didn't last that long, that period of time was miserable. Like I, I kind of laugh at these people that like, I, I know there's science behind it. Okay. But these, like all these cold plunges, things that people, that people are doing, like just move to Minnesota. And you can functionally do a cold plunge every morning just by existing, just by like walking outside for two minutes. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is I endured this, this intense cold, this discomfort, this, this really unpleasant feeling so that 10 minutes later, when I got in my truck to leave, it would be pleasant. It would be warm. It would be comfortable. If I avoided the discomfort of going out and starting my truck, I would feel better in the moment because I'd be sitting inside my nice warm house, right? But when I finally had to leave, my truck would be ice cold, it would still be freezing. And so I determined that it was worth experiencing that acute distress in order to regain my sense of comfort. And that is essentially what I am proposing that you do when you're depressed, because that opportunity cost will just creep up on you so, so much over time. And if you do not interrupt it, depressive episodes can last for months. They can last for years sometimes. That's super pessimistic and terrible to hear, I know, but they can. And you do not want that. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. So I want you to just be really honest with yourself about what you're spending your time on. If you're having a day where your safety is at risk, and if you're not distracting yourself with these, you know, screens or downtime activities or whatever that is, then that's a win. Like those things are indisputably better than, you know, drugs, or alcohol or self-harm behaviors or, or things like that, right? 
But when you have those moments where you know you are capable of doing more, but you're just continuing with these behaviors, because that's the direction your momentum is taking you in, because you're stuck in a rut and you just haven't been able to get a spark and get out of it. I want you to try to make the spark. You can do this. I have done this many, many times. It is a thing that people can do. Do something that when you wake up the next day and the second you open your eyes, maybe even before you open your eyes, that same old depressed narrative starts to engage. Do something that's going to interrupt that narrative. Do something that's going to give you a counter argument to those thoughts that start to bombard you first thing in the morning. Now, what should that be? There's a lot of options here. Ultimately, it's gonna depend on what helps you, what's easier for you, what you're into. Some of the things that I have done in the past to interrupt my depressive episodes have been cooking. Cooking is a big one for me because it's actually, it helps you on multiple levels. The actual act of cooking itself can be an enjoyable act. Now, again, this is where it's personal. Right? If you hate cooking, then that's probably not going to be the right answer for you. I don't hate cooking. I generally just like doing it, right? So it's a hobby. So that's one thing it does for me is it's 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 an activity that I find enjoyable. Number two, it's also a skill. And so especially if I try a new recipe or make a recipe better than last time I made it, I get this sense of like I'm leveling up at life and that feeling really counteracts depression very strongly. And the third thing is it helps me eat better. And that's also something that tends to fall by the wayside when we're depressed, right? Our appetite gets all messed up. Food doesn't sound very appealing. Or sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes we like kind of eat nonstop, but then it's usually like, I'm not gonna say junk food because I don't like that term, but it's usually things that don't really satisfy us or last very long um, as far as satiety goes. So cooking a meal hits on multiple different levels when you're depressed. It's a really, really powerful intervention. It could be going out with friends. I know that there's been times when I've like resisted, resisted, resisted. And when I finally, I say give in, but when I finally give in and go out with friends. Sometimes that has been the thing that really interrupts the thoughts and the feelings that go along with a depressive episode. It could be doing something physical. And yes, I say that every single time. And yes, I know that when you're depressed and people say, have you tried going for a walk? I know that it's like the dumbest thing people could say, but sometimes it works because it's another one of those multi, what should I call it? It's another one of those interventions that works on multiple levels, right? Because you get physical activity, which changes the way that your brain is functioning and actually counteracts some of the depression. If you go outside, you get sensory stimuli, which when we're depressed, we often stay inside a lot. And then we get really like deprived of, of sensory experiences and that can exacerbate our depression. It again is a skill, like not that walking is hard per se, but you're improving your fitness level. So it gives you that same leveling up sense. These are the kind of things that I want you to look for when you're depressed. These are the mental health version of investing your money in something that's actually paying you interest because they aren't just going to give you the one round of positive feelings and then they're over like they've never happened, like a lot of the things we do when we're depressed tend to do. They're actually going to counteract the depression spiral. So the depression spiral is downward, it, it, it's a downward slide, right? Every day is worse than the last. When you start stacking wins or victories or good things or skills on top of one another, then you have this 
I guess it's not called an upward spiral. I don't know what it's called, but it's the opposite of the depression spiral. So when you have something going on inside of you that inverts the depression spiral, that is how you start to get out of this vicious cycle. It's a ton of work. And I know it probably, you know, I'd love to get on here sometime and be like, guys, I have figured out this incredibly easy thing that like it's it's going to take you no time, no effort. It's going to help super fast. If I ever find something like that, I promise I will bring it to you. But everything I've heard of like that up until now has been a scam, completely fake. Mental health is a long game, just like finances. Finances are a long game, right? Get rich quick opportunities are usually scams feel better quickly interventions or ideas in the terms of mental health are usually scams they're just the mental health version of like send me five you know the, the, there's a lot of stuff you'll see on social media it's like the mental health version of the nigerian prince thing you know like just just send me your money or like subscribe to this or buy my book or whatever and like you'll never feel that way again it's obviously ridiculous right this stuff takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. And I wish that weren't true, but I'm also not willing to get on here and lie to you. I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to compromise my integrity and I'm not going to make like life worse for you. This is hard enough as it is. So I hope you got some value out of this today. Let me know what you thought about it and I'll see you next time. Take care.